Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and joining me, as he always does, is my super friend, Tim. I'm a super friend, but I don't make powerful decisions that affect the good of many, many people or cut ice cream trucks in half. Or this is true. In general. This is true. I would you never do, do that. that, Frank. I would never cut a food truck in half. I believe you. I believe you. You have too much respect for food to do that. So I, I do. And trucks. And trucks, frankly. And trucks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we don't talk about enough in this country. Um, <laughs> you're doing well? You're doing good? <laughs> the respect, our respect for trucks. Not truck drivers. We teach trucks. Little kids to, trucks. We teach little kids to love trucks, but then all of a sudden, we're like, we don't care about trucks anymore. Right? Food <laughs> trucks, regular trucks. Jeez. Anyway, Frank, it's nice to see you. Is Good to mail see you. Today? Am I lifting this bag? Am I doing anything with it? You know, the mailbag has been a little light, um, and uh, I would encourage folks to to send us send us your your mail at mail at supergirltvtalk.com because it has been a little on the lighter side recently. So I would I would love to share. You know, this is an opening. If you have thoughts that you've been dying to share, and you've been like, ah, they probably wouldn't read that. Right now is a good time if <laughs> you have stuff to share. <laughs> so go for that. But I will, but we do have some news. Um, Melissa Benoist has been making the rounds on a bunch of talk shows. She was on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and m- more recently, she was on the Kelly Clarkson show, which was a, a delightful watch. Um, and the whole cast uh, showed up uh, for a, a pre-recorded segment at DC Fandom. This past weekend, uh, which was which was really cool. So, did you um, watch the fandom, Frank? Were you part of the fandom? I didn't watch the whole fandom. No, I, I actually was it this past weekend or was it the one before? I think I was in Vancouver. It was this, pa- it was this past? Weekend. Oh, okay, it was this past you, weekend. You were not in Vancouver. I was home. But you were a place with pine trees. That's right. I was yes. That's right. I was I was up north in Maine, um, but um, I didn't I didn't watch it live. But I caught like the Smallville segments and 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 the Supergirl segment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really cool. Did you catch the Supergirl uh, piece? I did. I did. I watched most of Fandom live. I had to work um, about the last hour and a half of it, so then I just went backwards and watched the rest from nice. there. But uh, they were up uh, almost double, like the amount of people. I guess they had like sixty-six million watchers worldwide. Wow, nice! By the end of it, which is huge when you think it, it's just like five hours of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in interviews and stuff. Like it's just like a condensed con. Yes. I. I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to watch this because I'm not going to go to go to a con for a long time. Sure. And this is as close as I'm going to get. And she was like, okay. Yeah. She didn't care. I don't think I had to explain it at all. It wasn't really a hard sell. No, it really wasn't. So I want to sit in front of the TV and watch YouTube instead of sitting in front of the TV and watch Netflix. Are you okay with that? (laughs) Cool. That sounds good. It does. But anyway, that that panel was um it was nice. Yeah. I mean, it's only a 10-minute yeah. segment. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's you know past and present cast members all got together and they were on the Cat Co set and uh they just sort of shot the breeze about favorite episodes, favorite scenes, favorite moments, you know, memories. Um and and I mean like, you know, McCod Brooks was back and and Jeremy Jordan was back and um 
you know, I just everyone and, and the present cast uh, as well. But it was it was just really fun to see all of them together. I mean, virtually everyone who's ever been a main cast member, um, with a very few exceptions, um, all together in one room. It was really neat. Yeah, no Calista Flockhart mm-hmm. and uh, no John Cryer, mm-hmm. um, though he mm-hmm. was asked but not available. He like missed the email and then. <laughs> was not even in Vancouver when they did it anyway, or he wasn't in the city. So, um, but everybody was in Vancouver. So here's the thing. So everyone else who was on that panel was in Vancouver, which basically means that everybody in that panel is going to show up in the next four episodes at some point. That's kind of what I was thinking, right? Like, and um, yeah. I mean, Chris Wood, uh, Melissa's husband who played Monel um, back in season two and three, two. Yeah. He he was there as well, so yeah, it does make me wonder if Monel is coming back, if well, James is you know back. if James yeah, is going to pay a visit, and if uh, Wynn is going to pay a visit. It it kind of makes me think that they all will. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if they were all there in Vancouver to film the thing, like the, yeah. most of them don't live there, so right. like they'd have to. I don't think they would fly to Vancouver for a ten minute segment of a show right. they used to be on. Right, exactly, exactly. I could see Chris Wood already being there because Melissa's there, and maybe you know sure. maybe he's there. But um, and I, to my knowledge, he's not working on, on anything else at at this very moment. Not shooting anything else at this very moment. So, um, so you know, fine. That one's a maybe, maybe not. But the other, you know, Jeremy Jordan and and McCod Brooks coming just to shoot a quick segment and leave doesn't really feel unless they're getting paid very handsomely doesn't seem likely especially jeremy like lives in new york now and does and does a lot of broadway and broadway's coming back mm-hmm. and you know it just doesn't it doesn't seem likely so um yeah my my guess is um that that all of them or most of them anyway will make some some appearance you know in, in the finale or thereabouts yeah i'd say more than the finale i'm gonna guess the last two episodes That'd be awesome. I want to say last two for most, if not all of them. That would be amazing. I would, I would love to see that happen. Yeah. I would love I feel to like see the that finale happen. of a, of a series kind of wraps up in the last two. Like it's never just the last episode. Sure. It's usually like a lead up to the last episode. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, but anyway, watch that, watch that tribute panel. It was, it was nice. It was, it was highly recommend. Uh, it was really just very genuine. They all seem to genuinely enjoy each other's company and they're making inside jokes and they're laughing and it just seemed very like genuine was, and sincere. It did. I, I, it did feel a little strange to have like characters like Nixley and Andrea there where you're like, you're, they're like across the way from, uh, yeah. from Wynn and Jimmy and you're like, you are, don't go. Mm-hmm. To, these things don't go together at all. Yep. Um, and I know actually, so it's weird that like, so I know that they're like Nixley, whose um, uh, name, real name, Peter Sargent. Thank you, Peter Sargent. Like, I know she's the villain of this season, but I it feels weird that like the villain of the season was on that panel, but mm. the like other villains from previous seasons weren't on that panel. Like, it's just because she happens to be the last villain. Sure. She, it almost felt like a little bit like the outsider, like, hi, kids, I'm like, she was the exception, right? Everyone else were were protagonists, and she's the one antagonist who's who's up there. Yeah, um, who seemed lovely. She, she does. Like a lovely she does seem lovely. Being. Yes, yes, yeah. But yeah, it's like, well, if if she's there, why isn't Odette Annabelle up up there? Why isn't uh, Sam Witwer up there? Like, you know, or, uh, Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher, or, yeah, right. Some mm-hmm. of them we know why they're not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, totally. You know, the other thing I, j- I just thought of is that for work permits, um, I believe to go to, for Americans to go to Canada at this point, you still need to do a two, two week quarantine. So you find it very hard to believe that any of them quarantine who weren't already there quarantined to do a 10 minute segment, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even no, if they shot for an hour, even if they shot for an hour and yeah. whittled it down 10 minutes. Um, yeah, it just doesn't absolutely. seem like anyone quarantined for anything other than get no. working. So no, they're totally in the show. They're totally they, in the show. There's no question. Yeah. So, yeah. but I didn't really feel like that was in question either. Like, no, you know, no, I just, I just kind of assumed and, that a yeah. show that wraps up with, a show brings back its characters right right yeah and you know the funny thing is you mentioned peter Sargent actually mentioned lex um yep and that aired this past weekend before we actually saw lex i mean we knew the lexo suit was there and stuff but like technically she sort of spoiled that lex was coming in a Uh, way um in a way yes and no because like his story doesn't resolve at the beginning of this season right he's like he's like i want to go do something sure like disappears into a portal but john crier also tweeted out a picture of him with um a power suit gauntlet Mm. like and so several weeks ago uh so like I guess he was the one that revealed that he was actually back mm. before she did. It okay. just okay. had been actually. Re- so, but if you were trying to stay absolutely spoiler free, that's all. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like, Ooh, that's funny. I guess they let it, they, they left it in the edit, but, but that was interesting. Um, cause I watched it after I had I seen not, the, yeah, I the episode. Think of that. Yeah, yeah. Good catch. Speaking of this episode, do you want to roll into, uh, some stats? I would love that. Please tell me, tell me about the vital stats. Episode number 16 of season six, the final season, episode title, Nightmare in National City. Written by Rob Wright and Jess Cardos, directed by Eric Dean Seaton. Uh, this uh, this was a par for the course episode, I think, for this season. It had some uh, better bits than, than last week. It was mm-hmm. a little more cohesive in its delivery. Um, it picked up threads that were dropped from last week's episode and continued and that, so that which actually made last week's episode feel better and more relevant because it didn't it didn't just um drop stuff and leave it so i thought it was fine i still don't think it was like the it was episode five like or the the fifth last episode of the show and it's still and now this and this so it just still feels kind of like yeah right yeah. yeah. Where it doesn't feel like well, actually, that's not true. This might actually be the first episode that felt like we were actually progressing. I was gonna say, I feel like things are starting to turn around and we're starting to find a some a, a direction. Like like specifically Kara and Supergirl's story are starting to find some direction that they maybe didn't have for the last few episodes. I feel like we we sort of found the thread a little bit in in this one. I actually, I, I enjoyed it more than I have the last couple, I think, for that reason, because it felt like, all right, now we're sort of, we're honing in on the on the, the direction that we're headed, you know, mm-hmm. for the end. So. Yeah. Well, let's uh, jump right into some good bits, Frank, and mm-hmm. we can, we'll share the good optimism that we love on this show. I'll start, because I'm a ham. Um, my name is Kara Zorel, was back in that intro. Yes. And I, ha- and I loved that, because guess what? She is. She is. <laughs> yep. I noticed that too. That felt that felt like it felt like a choice. Um it 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 was interesting that they that they did it that way. I'm I'm always, I mean, I'm as happy to see it back. Um, not that I really like missed it per se, but it was like, okay, this is cool. I don't know why they made those decisions, to be honest. I I, I don't have any insight into why they took maybe, it away, put it back. I, I would assume 
I just always assumed it was runtime possibility. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the show mm-hmm. has to be certain like to fit certain advertisers at certain points. So the ditching the intro is easy enough. And also there's like five episodes left. So like at this point, are you attracting new viewers? Do you do they need a recap of right. what everyone is? That's kind of what I thought. Like it seems like I don't know if new people are tuning in, but maybe they think, you know, with the press they're doing and stuff that maybe some people are going to tune in who, who haven't been. I don't know. I, I, I doubt, I think they know better than that, but I don't know. I don't know. I did, I did, um, I thought it was interesting and without going too deep into this, cause this kind of touches on a theme too, but Kara being inspired by Larry King, um, yeah. thought that was interesting, you know, an interesting real world, um, connection and uh but she only has a day to prepare for this like major major interview i promise you larry king didn't only have a day to prepare that's right do you think mr frost it had a day to prepare for mr for, nixon? For nixon yeah right don't think so don't think so i do not think so um but you know what that's that's tv baby we move at a fast pace and a glacial speed all at the same time <laughs> 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 it's amazing amazing how tv works um I like to bring any spinach pancakes. I like Nia's like, I know you're green because of William, but stick with greens working for you. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. That was fun. I, I liked his, pancakes. his like open shirt, you know, green down to the chest. Uh, yeah. Uh, this ca- casual brainy. Yeah. Casual brain. Casual brainy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, do we think Dr. Reve, uh, the, was that maybe a, a subtle nod to, to Reeve, Christopher Reeve? Anything or, that's you know? even remotely close to Reeve in a Superman property? I it's got to be. A, a vague reference. I, I was like, you know, I, I, any name that we see of a, of a, oh, Professor so-and-so, whatever. I always Google it and I'm like, you know, Professor so-and-so DC Comics to see if like that name comes from <laughs> from I somewhere. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, Dr. Reeve, DC Comics. No, it just keeps coming up with Christopher Reeve stuff. I bet it was just like, it's just the obvious thing of they did a misspelling of Reeve to make it a reference to Reeve. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's what it was, but that was a good bit. Mm-hmm. It was a good bit. Um, I loved Ismay's drawings of the super friends. I thought that was really cute. So and, cute. And, and every, and their reactions to all them because she wasn't in the room for them to be like, Oh, this is so lovely. Ismay. Thank you so much. It was a, you know, their genuine reaction to um, Ismay's drawings. And I thought that was lovely because I don't think that, um, Lena ever thought that a like a, a little girl was ever going to draw a picture of her, mm. like flat, you know, like think like something like that. Do you think Jean was ever like thinking like, oh, my daughters used to do this, and now, yeah, sure. Like, now I'm a grandfather ish in its own way. Like it's a special moment for a lot of them because they kind of had, I feel like, given up on that part of their lives. You know, like that that like they have each other as family, but they're all adults, and so the injection of children and a child into their lives are is pretty special. I love that. Yeah, it was very, it was very sweet. It was a very sweet moment. I mean, it's you know those those personal uh, character moments are always my, my favorite stuff. Um, we, we already made a joke about it, but the uh, the food truck getting cut in half when the when the dome came down over National City was uh, was a fun little touch, a fun little way to illustrate that just how much of a uh, hard cut it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lucky they didn't cut through anybody. I know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Kara watching the president at, or of one of the either um, Casnia or Quarter of Maltese at 1.5 or at really fast. She's like, oh, 1.5 speed. It's easier to follow once you're used to it. So funny. Um, I like this. I love subtle use of superpowers. Yes. And that was actually really one of the better ones that I've 
seen in a long time um, because it's not just like I heated up my drink with my heat vision or whatever. This is a practical use of her super speed at work. This is how I can get stuff done. Totally. And she still can't get stuff done. Right. Why? Right. There's still <laughs> yeah. too much to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I enjoyed when Nia was talking to her sister Maeve um, and when she got a little a little braggy about like, oh, well, my, my boyfriend, he's a 12th level intellect. I thought that was really cute when she was like how proud she was that, that you know, and, and wanted to show him off a little bit. I thought that was really sweet. I like that was very cute. I enjoyed that as well. Um, I think that Jean is back in his Martian form uh, with some sweet telepathic blasts. He was green again, but that's actually because I, I saw that David Harewood injured himself he had some back issues and so his stunt double has been will is filling in for him for the remaining couple of episodes as the martian manhunter just for just for stunts i take it like just for stunts but if you noticed that like either he was always leaning mm, he had his leg up he was sitting down john like he really didn't walk anywhere that's true in yeah. this episode um and so like he was it was like i'm gonna try to be as comfortable as i can while filming um, with a back injury. Interesting. Uh, I, I hadn't, you know, I didn't really think about that, but that now that you think about it, now, now that you mentioned it, I mean, yeah. I probably I, wouldn't have noticed if I didn't see him post same. an appreciation post for his stunt double. Um, and so it's funny that though, like this whole season was like, Jean, like, I'm going to go out and look like, you know, this human form of myself, but wear the suit and then magic. And all of a sudden he's like, I, I'm green. Just again. kidding. I'm green. I'm I'm green. But mm -hmm. it is I, as much as it's great to see David Harewood just doing it himself. Like I, it's great to see John Jones looking like the Martian Manhunter. Totally. So, Always. So uh, yeah. But I wish him a speedy recovery mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I, as as a person with a bad back, I um I sympathize mm. deeply. Yeah. So I bought my first pair of orthopedic shoes. Congratulations. Like That's... I was 97. Mm. Yep. So they don't look as clunky as I thought they would. Oh, good. They're actually good. pretty sweet. So yeah. parenthood and orthopedic shoes, just one right after the other. Just like, just, just, just boom, boom. after the other. Mm. <sighs> the way it goes. The way it goes. Um, so we went to the dream realm and we went outside of the forest and um, went to that whatever, the beyond or whatever they called it, the expanded mm -hmm. universe or whatever. I thought that 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 field of spires looked really cool because it, it reminded me a little bit of the like pits in the uh, uh, the Vulcan Science Academy in the Kelvin universe in Star Trek. Oh, totally. When, where, 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 was actually, yes. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Where Spock gets beaten up by those kids. Yeah, um, you're, it, not a, you're not a real Vulcan. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that whole thing. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, but it was just a cool, a cool looking thing regardless. But yeah, specifically... It reminded me of the Vulcan Science Academy, and uh, I thought that was neat. Yes, it was neat. Uh, actually, I really, for some reason, I really enjoyed like the hidden button on the knot, like hitting the knot on the tree to get to the secret door in the dream realm. I just thought that was that was fun. It's like stuff like that. That's like that's why not? Yeah, why not hit the knot to get a secret door. Like that's just yeah. You know, you're just having fun writing, and I appreciate that. Yeah, totally. It's I mean they're they're just having fun with it, which is great. Yeah. Uh, why don't you do uh, another one since that one was sort of, those were kind of piggybacking. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Williams mock trial accent when, or mock interview 
accent when he's doing the interview with the car. He's like, well, you know, I think that she's uh, their fault, blah, blah, blah. And I really enjoyed that because that felt like something that was just Staz just doing his thing, like just having a good time. It was like, really fun. Nothing. He was just having... He, he seems like a lovely person, and I wish that William actually had something more to do than yeah. what William is actually doing. Because um, he's weirdly become the heart of the show. You know, sort of. Yeah, the, the conscience of the show, even. He's the conscience of the show. Abs- yeah, and I, I wish that there was a chance to kind of let that flower more than we've seen. Just because there's, there's so much going on and so little going on all at once. That, yeah. Um, it, I, I, yeah. I sort of wonder, you know, if, if his character turned out the way that they expected or intended when they first brought him on. Cause I, I could kind of see, you know, sometimes characters change based on once they're cast and they see how the actor, what kind of chemistry they have with other cast members. They'll, they'll, you know, introduce a romance that they weren't planning on or something, you know, like Felicity and Oliver was never planned early on, but when they saw oh, the way it was kind of be a one-off. Yes. And it's just kind of, but the chemistry was so, viral. was so great. And the fans loved it so much that they, they went with it. Right. So it makes me wonder, are there things that they did with, they took them in different directions than they, than they intended to because of, you know, either the, how, how he is an actor and they thought, Oh, this would be a great direction. Not what we intended, but this would be a great direction to take him, make him the heart of the show, you know, whatever. Are, are there things that they changed from, from what they initially intended with him? Cause it feels like, it feels like whatever they intended for him when they, when they wrote the character initially isn't what we've gotten with him. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that as, as a criticism in the least. I just mean that it feels like maybe they changed course. At, 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 maybe their pod got knocked off course, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible. I think that COVID has nothing to do with that. You know, like... Sure. Had to rearrange the seasons and what characters came back and why. And I think that also played um, some kind of... You know, because like... Obviously, he was supposed to be some kind of love interest, and it right? just, you know, it you know, fizzled. But it fizzled for different reasons, even than what maybe they expected because of um, maternity leave and Melissa being gone, and you know, so like I don't know, and maybe Melissa being pregnant during COVID, and like not one, like like having to be extra cautious about COVID, and like I can't do kissing scene, you know, like whatever. Right. Like, well, that was a thing. Yeah, but even I'm not even that's like everybody was like that. I remember reading interviews like like we have to reinvent fight scenes and right and how close characters are standing for romance. I really, like it was a big thing. Still is a big thing. It is. Um, yeah. 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 But uh, uh. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm glad that he's here until Me too. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be really sad when he dies, Frank. I know inevitably. inevitably. Uh, it's gonna really suck when it's like Monel stabs him with like a kryptonite spear or something. Um oh, totally. <laughs> she's mine. Um Prob's gonna be Lex. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Real yeah, Because yes. it would because Lex is irredeemable. But Nixley is not correct. So I'm going to say that let if if William does die, it'll be Lex because that is we already dislike Lex for being a terrible person. So it just adds to the pile. But if hope and compassion for all means that maybe we can save Nixley, I think you know, I think Nixley is her own spiral. Nixley is is I think is a hurt is hurt. 
Um, and so Supergirl tries to save people who, who have been hurt, who are acting the way they act because they've been hurt. Lex is Lex. Lex is just evil. I, I was going to say, I will say either he gets killed by Lex or he sacrifices himself in some way. Hmm. Oh, well, I mean, I would say killed as a result of something of a machination of Lex. If okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think yeah. it's still, it's all in the same, but he seems like he's definitely, he was a war correspondent. He's definitely the guy to run in to help. Right. Um, you know, I mean, a comic book version of war correspondent. Well, yeah. Where, you know, it's like you know, war correspondent. So I'm basically a soldier, but right, 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 right. I also have a pad of paper. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, oh goodness gracious! Hey, um, uh, Andrea, yeah. this episode. She what an oscillating person she, she is. <laughs> <laughs> one week she's wow. i mean and even in the same episode she's like oh yeah this will be great we'll put it on all the platforms and we'll 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 monetize it great but then she's also like she was she was actually reason like for once she's right she was scolding Kara, and for yeah. once she was right like she wasn't being unreasonable as a boss she was you know she's like you're 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 you missed a, a meeting I set up for you with the uh, with the negotiator, and then you just like missed the interview. Really big thing, right? And Car's like, I just had to go look for this monster, even though Jean said we've got this covered. Mm -hmm. She didn't believe them that they've got this covered. She just had to do it, and so yeah, no, I was on Andrea's side for that instance particularly because yeah. she said exactly exactly what Car needed to hear. She was right. She was right. Like, you know, you're not here and it's beginning to show like, and, and when she says like, I've given you so many chances and like when you disappear and then tell me that you were writing a, an article with Cat Grant and when you say, you know, all these different things and you just disappear in the middle of the day, I never, I never question where you are. It's so true. Like you, she, you can't get away with that at, at virtually any workplace to just come and go as you please and, and just chalk it up to something later like that's not really how that works and for andrea to like call you know i thought we were sort of um filing that under under um suspension of disbelief but i, I but i guess not because andrea called her out for it and and she's right to call her out for it so that felt like a very real conversation honestly she was lenient um and and oh my gosh yeah, yeah. like that's a fireable offense totally what Kara did like you missed not only did you miss a meeting with a negotiator, but you actually like missed an interview with two presidents. Yes, that might start World War Three. Right, and you are there to interview both of them, and you missed it. Like, what? No. What excuse is good enough to tell your boss? Like, sorry that I, I stood up two heads of state. <laughs> no, like awful. Yeah, so we'll talk about them more at, uh, in a theme, but uh, definitely a pro. Um, or plus one to Andrea sure. for that her little thing. Good bit. Um, you go. Your turn. Okay. Um, William, when he is talking about how the people, you know, they've been through a lot. They've been through giant cats and and all this stuff, dragons and everything else, and they need a clear, calm voice. Like that was the. I thought that was going to be the setup to Kara going on TV, possibly using her airtime with the two presidents uh, and 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 revealing to the world that she's actually Supergirl. I thought that's what what, what that that was going to be a setup to that. I did, too. And, and it didn't turn out that way, but it was a really good bit. It was a really good conversation. And it was it clearly 
that was an important moment that I think we haven't seen all the fallout from just yet. I mean, Supergirl did go on TV and say say what she said, but I feel like there's more still to come from that. I feel like William is is going to inspire Supergirl slash Kara's you know behavior from from here on out for a bit. I think so too, but also uh, we'll talk about it. I actually we'll talk about it in the Storytime Village. I don't want to get into it uh, here, but um, yes, good bit from William. Uh, I thought that the creature design was cool, just as a good bit. I just think that it looked cool. I didn't really know what it was supposed to be, but I didn't really care. It was fun. I liked it. It was a cool design. It was it was very intricate. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, very. But it was very cool. You. Speaking of the the nightmare monster, uh, the park where they fought the nightmare monster, I went there uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, That's exciting. So That's that also the, where they they were they got like frozen by Nixley uh, several episodes ago. Probably uh, was the same I, park. I'd have to go I back in the same park. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to um, go back and check, but it probably was. Um, yeah. Also, where Clark lost uh, Bart running over the water for the first time in season four of Smallville. Mm, it's the same, it's the same exactly park. The same park. Yep. Uh, again, I need to check. I need to check because I, I wasn't really that like aware of other things. I know that in Superman and Lois, that's where um, when when Morgan Edge becomes that, spoilers for Superman and Lois. If you haven't finished season one, um, when Morgan Edge becomes the Eradicator, um, that's where Superman fights him, um, and all the all the people start turning into Kryptonians and whatnot. Um, around him it's it's in that park and that's why we went there because we're like oh they shot superman and lois here um but i'm sure they shot smallville there i'm sure yeah they lots of definitely stuff. did it's yeah. definitely the same I, I believe you i believe you it has those high rises right whether they're has the high rises whatever yeah. it has the high rises and it has little like stone pyramids all around the sort of the grass oh i don't think i've ever noticed that yeah actually that that's actually how i how i identified the the the, the high rises and then the little stone uh things all around little monuments um i realized were where it that's what how i identified the park but anyway that was cool i'm, I'm gonna be noticing a lot more of that from here on out of like oh i went there i went there so I get ready so for too. me to be insufferable yeah that's okay that's exciting I'm, we're living vicariously um unless whoever listens to this lives in vancouver in which case they're just living um big belly burger was on the table yes so i love a good big belly burger uh it's just such a great name for a restaurant burger (laughs) joint totally like it's wonderful um love the alliteration i love it love to see it just carried you know throughout the shows uh so fun okay william when when cara quit he saw her walk out of andrea's office like I saw him see her walk out of the office and like walk down the hallway and then take off her glasses. And then the next thing he knows, Supergirl's in front of him on the balcony. So my question is, does he, did he figure it out? Does he know did, did in that moment, did he realize what was going on? Yeah, I would say a normal person on not a television show. Yes. I don't, I feel like it would have actually been a conversation if, he did figure it out. Hmm. I don't know. Not in that. That's the thing is I could see him not bringing it up in that moment. Cause it was like an urgent moment. Right. Sure. Yeah. I didn't, his body language didn't. Yeah. Um, didn't tell me that he knew anything. Okay. Particular. Okay. But I mean, it, it's possible we've been wrong before and I could be wrong again. 
Um, Interesting. So, I don't just, know. just food for thought. I'd love to hear anyone's thoughts on that. If you want to share them with us, it's mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Yeah. And then um, finally, last good bit, Lex is back, baby. Yeah. Here. Um, and that's just always very exciting for me because he's he's been consistently one of the best parts of the show for the last yes. three seasons. And um, and I'm just so excited that he's back. Love to have him back. Yeah. That's great. Thrilled. All right. Um, thrilled. Uh, no Professor Comics Corner this week. No Why Was That a Decision this week. Two brainy quotes of the week. We'll see which one wins. Uh, I enjoy Taste My Genius uh, when he was giving Nia the pancakes. And I'm not distracted. I'm appropriately concerned. Yes. Uh, and I liked both of those. I think Taste My Genius is funnier for the context and the delivery. Though I might steal, I'm not distracted. I'm appropriately concerned for my own life. True. True. I, I agreed on both counts. I think Taste My Genius is the winner. But I'm not distracted. I'm purposely concerned. Is very funny and applicable to many situations. Mm -hmm. Good. All right, story time, village. Let's do this. The abuse and limits of power from within and without. Let's talk about that dome over National City, where William is right, and the super friends just keep wielding way too much power with zero oversight, um, and they just forget about like the everyday people that they're affecting. Like they destroyed that woman's food truck. Like that's probably her livelihood. Yeah, and they just destroyed it i mean obviously not intentionally but like their actions have repercussions um and they just say things like oh the situation is above the national guard and you're like all right alex like i get that she's dangerous but like she ends up they they cause more harm than nixley does most of the time it's because true nixley reacts to them like they're active like um not antagonist antagonistic behavior towards her yeah um, yeah and and so like do you think that nixley would have destroyed um the heights over there like mm. if it wasn't for the super friends no she wouldn't have would she have like obviously she she like she was going to kill the security guard to get like one of the um remember so like she doesn't do bad things i'm not saying that she's a saint over here but Sometimes what they end up, the super friends end up doing causes more harm than good. And I'm watching that a lot this season. Yeah, their their reactions to her sometimes cause even more harm than her initial action. Um, I definitely, definitely see that. I definitely agree with you on that. They're, they're, and yeah, they're, they're acting like supposedly in the best interest of the people and, and supposedly to protect the people, but they, they are acting from a place of like, well, we know better. Like we're, we're doing this for you. We know better than, than you. Like even when they're talking to the governor, they're like, well, the national, this is above the national guard, right? That's what Alex said. Um, and it's sort of like, well, we, we're let, let the adults in the room handle this. And that's very like condescending to like, we are the people, we are the people who live here. You know, it's almost like the beginning of the Incredibles where it's like, I didn't ask you to save me. Um, right. you didn't, you didn't yeah. save my life. You ruined my death. You know, this, that, that, that thing yeah. like there's dark, but dark, yes. but like, um, you know, they're, 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 they are forgetting about the real people who, who they, their actions affect. And I, I feel like they're still acting like they work for a government agency, the DEO, except the DEO doesn't mm -hmm. exist anymore. So they don't have like the authority of the jurisdiction to, to act the way that they're acting. Um, 
but they seem to have forgotten that, you know, even the way Jean, you'd expect Jean or Alex to be sort of the voice of reason in those situations and be like, no, wait, we can't overstep our bounds, but they're totally, all of them are just totally bought in sort of improbably hard to, hard to believe that how, how much all of them are bought in. Um, but, but they are, they're like, they very much believe what they're doing is right. And it's not until someone like William comes and sort of talks some sense into them that that Supergirl even is like, all right, maybe you have a point. Um, mm-hmm. I liked their little, when they're doing, um, interview prep, um, their little argument between Kara and, and William where he's, he's like, oh, can you believe this dome stuff? And she's like, well, they're just doing it to protect us. Like I liked that back and forth, uh, between them where it hadn't really dawned on her that there was much opposition to what, what she and the super friends were doing, but hearing William's point of view made her think even it didn't change her mind yet, but it made her think. Yeah, that's true. And I I mean, that's what makes her even go on TV for an apology. But I found that her apology was really more of a rationale towards people. They're like, listen, we did this to protect you because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, Supergirl. But that doesn't change the fact that like that woman's food truck is destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's emblematic of, I'm sure, other, you know, other casualties of 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 that dome um like the the one food truck is what we what they showed us to get the point across but there's other people who were affected negatively by their their efforts to protect people right um there's that always happens there's always unintended consequences to things like that um and and I, i was trying to put my finger on is this an allegory for something in particular you know for because oftentimes this show will will do that. It'll be like, is this an allegory for police presence or for something like that? I didn't get the sense that it was. I think I think it is really more just telling their own story. Um, yep. But I was looking for some some deeper um, subtext there, but I wasn't really find, finding it. Me either. I, I think it's just deeper subtext on the the role of superheroes in stories. Yeah, like, because you know, like there's a lot of. A lot of like like the whole idea. It's vigilantism, right? You're taking you're taking the situation into your own hands and not trusting the authorities to take care of it. And now that they're not a government agency anymore, that's exactly what they're yep. they're doing. And so it's just more a meta commentary on not just the super friends, but all superheroes. Yeah, I think it was more metatextual than subtextual. Yes, good, yeah. good, excellent use of the meta and the sub, Frank. Nice job. Uh, Kara can't handle the amount of power responsibility she has as both Kara and Supergirl. That's kind of her thing. She finally voices that. We've been watching it over the past season or really since she got back from the Phantom Zone, but she says, you know, like this, so much to do that she's drowning and she said, I'm bringing everyone around me down, which is 100% true. Um, and she's even maybe based on what we've watched, she's, we've commented a few times that she's mostly Supergirl for these past episodes. Mm-hmm. She's actively avoiding Kara's uh, responsibilities um, for, you know, because you, because she can't handle being both. Um, and so she does what I think one of the smartest things she's ever done in the entire history of the show is pass the interview off to William. Yes. Because it's not about her ego and it's not about any, it's like what will actually, what will this interview accomplish and who's the best person for the job? Oh, it's not me. Okay, boom, here you go. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that moment is undercut by the fact that then she then quits um, because like she didn't, I guess she didn't intend to quit like when she did that. So it's not like, well, I passed it off because I'm quitting. It's Andrea being like, you're not here. And 
I like that she quit. And because I think that is setting her up to go to space. But, <laughs> yes. So yes. I, think, I think that's why I like that she quit. But it does feel a little um like I don't know. Like she's going through a lot, but a lot of people go through a lot and and like still go and do their job. Mm. And she's going through a lot and she's like, I don't have time for my job, so I'll just leave, but somehow still keep my giant apartment. And, you know, whatever, you know, it just doesn't, it feels like, a, it feels yeah. like an unnatural reaction. I guess it, it feels more like television than a lot. It is. It's traumatized, decisions. right? Yeah. 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 No, I, I get what you mean, though, because a lot of her decisions feel more real, feel more realistic and feel more like measured and thought through. Yeah. And, and this feels like a rash decision because she's in a tough spot right now. Um, mm -hmm. And good, I mean, valid point about the apartment and stuff, but I guess you know, sort of apartment aside, she doesn't really need this job. Like she can get by. She can, she can do Supergirl stuff for the most part. Um, and, right. but, but she's not really Supergirl. She's really, Cara. she's really Kara, but, but, but I, I can see the, I mean, I, I, I like that she quit too. I actually like I, I like it because it's different. It's interesting, and it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't go against um, who she is as a character. Like it, it the idea that she's going to leave her job and put her her heroics first totally feels in character for her, right? Like that that doesn't contradict anything. So I feel totally okay about it. But yeah, there are some practical things of like so you just quit. Um, I guess what what what. Do, when you're when you're going through an especially rough time, an emotional, psychological rough time, is that a good time to make major life decisions? Probably not, right? No, it is <laughs> they, not. When you when you are going through those things, they'll often tell you like, don't start any new relationships or make any you know big major life decisions um, until you know things sort of level out for you. And um, you know, mental health professionals will tell you that uh, often. And and she definitely made a major life decision, but um, but it is TV, so it's probably going to be fine. Hmm. It'll be fine because she's going to space. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, she doesn't need that apartment anymore. Right. <laughs> um, uh, overcoming fear, grief, pain, and anger. It's really about Maeve and Nia. So Maeve uh, thought she was going to be the dreamer. She spent her whole life preparing to be the dreamer. And then it ended up being Nia. And she's holding this incredible grudge against Nia because, as she said, you're not even a real woman. And it always passes a real woman. And I thought that hit, that was so low. That was so like, low. That was a really low, low blow. And I, I mean, I know, I know that, um, uh, oh my gosh, what is her name? Nicole, Nicole Maines. And Nicole Maines. Thank you. She's obviously very close to this character. So yeah. I, I feel like this is real, like this is, this is something that people throw at. Like, yes um, the trans community yes and absolutely this, this, this felt so real even though they were talking about you know dream powers and aliens and yeah, whatever yeah. else and it just felt so authentic and i just it was yeah it was good it, it was it was and it was it was to have it come from a family member you know, somebody close to her, somebody she loves, um, made it hurt all that more, all that much more. Um, I, 
I agree with, you know, you, Maeve needs to get over the, like, she thought it was the powers were coming to her and it didn't like, she kind of just needs to get over that. Like, I know that was, she shared her, her, um, her feelings, her struggle that like, this was my purpose and now I have none. Um, and I get, I get feeling that way, but I think Nia is much more in the right that she's like, I didn't even want these powers and I have them like this is a burden that I have you're wistful about something that you don't have I have to live with a reality that I didn't ask for um and even talking about like because of your that's, behavior that's meta, right yeah oh yeah no, totally that's metal totally like, I didn't ask to be trans like this is who I am right like that's that was the subtext of that conversation right totally yeah. totally um and 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 I, I, Nia has the powers that she didn't ask for, but doesn't have the knowledge of, of of how to use them or what their what their history is or anything like that. Maeve doesn't have the powers that she wanted, but she has the knowledge. She's done the studying and she's a doctor and she has all this. So like the the two of them together make one really awesome hero, right? Like the two of them yeah. together would have the knowledge and the power. And if they could team up, um, and I hope that's where that's headed. Um, that like that would give, you know, that makes dreamer sort of the ultimate version of herself, um, because she can benefit from the knowledge, uh, that, that her, that her sister has. Um, I, I hope oh. that that's sort of where that's, where that's headed or that she's going to go on her own journey of learning from her sister and, and take that stuff on herself. I don't know, but I like that, but I totally feel like her, her putting her sister in her place that, that like Nia was totally in, in the right there you know being like your behavior is the reason we couldn't grieve our mom together like it, it's because of mm -hmm. you not because of yeah, me i thought her whole tirade was excellent mm -hmm. was like really really good and i mean like mave uh, super jelly i mean like she as nia said like you were gonna put the whole world universe galaxy whatever at risk because you're jealous that like i have this power and you don't and blah 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 like get over yourself kind of like, yeah get over yourself and um and i mean you can understand when somebody you feel like something something is owed to you it's it's not exactly the prodigal son but it's a little bit like sure it's a little bit like i've been here i've been working in the field the whole time and like they come back and you're like killing if i've had a calf and blah 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 and it's a little like that sure but like still like you got to move on at some point. And I like that Nia was like, do you want me to say that I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm over my head most of the time? Because I am. Because like, I am, that's right. That's not, it's not a mystery. I am. Oh, I'll admit it. Like, but it's it's like, I get that Nia feels like she put in the work and, and she's owed this, but it's also like, it was no one's choice. You know, no one did, no right. one did this. It's not like, like their mom gave it to, to Nia deliberately. It's not like, like, like Nia took it from Maeve. It just happened. Like it gets passed on to the next generation. It didn't get passed on to Maeve. I, you know, boo-hoo. Like Ooh, too, too bad. So sad. Like that, that's yeah. support your sister now. Like be like, use my knowledge. That's, right. that's how you cope with it. And that's how yeah. you give your life purpose when it feels like you have none is to be like, okay, well this wasn't for nothing. I can use this, this knowledge I have to, to help my sister in her quest. And that's my, not the purpose I thought I had, but it's a purpose. Right. Be the Obi-Wan, not right. the Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Don't yeah. be, don't be super jelly. Mm -hmm. Be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, so Nia battles Nixley in the dream realm and all this stuff. And I, 
Nick Sleek gives up, gives up quickly, but I thought that it was good for Nia because it showed her prowess and mm. her power, but also she just kind of needed that win, mm-hmm. like that physical alt, the physical altercation to be like, got that out of my system, I right? Better, right? You know, and then for Maeve to be like, "You are the dreamer," really remind me of Hook when I with Rufio. He's like, "You are the pan. you are the fan." Like, it was a little bit like that. Nice. Um, yeah. And then you have this like uh, thing where you know Maeve's like, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, blah blah blah," and and Nia says, "You know, I can't forgive you, but I can offer you a second chance, a final chance," which I think is an interesting delineation of "I don't forgive you, but I'm offering you a chance" because there's still something in her that she's holding, she's going to hold on to mm. this ill feeling towards her sister, which I don't think is healthy. Personally, forgiveness goes a long way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yep. I would agree. I can understand that feeling of I'm not ready to forgive you, but but I'll keep working yeah. with you. Exactly. I mean, I haven't really forgiven you. You stole my watch many years ago, and I'm still waiting for it back. It's a nice watch. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't fight me on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. That's yeah. how improv um, works, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> um, anyway, uh Social justice, Black Lives Matter, and climate change, all social issues not really existed no. in this episode. We do have a little bit of unbiased journalism. They mentioned world diplomacy live with Larry King uh, and cars, you know, with her version of it with Cordo Maltese and Kaznia. I feel like it's a little bit of biased journalism, but I guess when you're bringing, when you're the third neutral party, that is the, you know, like unbiased, like I'm just here to interview you both sure. sides. Sure. Not interviewing one or the other. True, you know, true unbiased. Sure. But, um. So, but my only thing that I was like, so Andrea is like for it, against it. You know, she's like, oh well, not really interesting. Oh, but we can tweet it out and do this and this yeah. And this and this and she this. wasn't interested in it on the merits of it being a good, a a a service to the news consuming public, but she was on board with it in terms of oh, this will be great for viewership. Like as soon as she thought of it from business sense. Then she was on board. Like, this will make us money. But but she didn't care about it as, like, doing a public service and informing people about what's going on in the world. Where Kara was like, this is going to be really, like, this is important, newsworthy. We're going to inform people. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, put the, the leaders in, in, in front of the world to, to talk about what's going on. And, and she had all these inspiring reasons for it. And Andrea had these cynical reasons of, and it's good for business, so we're going to do it. You know what I it, I get Kara's like uh, hopeful attitude about it and everything, but but truthfully, it is a business. Catco is a business. I can't really blame Andrea for being like, how can I make sure this company still makes money? Of course, so we all still have jobs. And sometimes I think it's like the youthful or the optimistic or dream like. Um, I lost the word. Um, idealistic idealistic thank you the like the idealism of idealism of Kara is great it doesn't pay bills true and so like you need somebody like Andrea to be like I get what you're saying and I'm on board but for a different reason because of yeah. the money the truth lies somewhere in the middle and, and and the truth is Andrea did come around like at the end of the episode she's like you I was bought in on the inspiration stuff that you were saying earlier but you didn't show up for the interview 
Like, mm-hmm. so like she, you know, ultimately Andrea was, was right. <laughs> I know. Something uh, and, I never really thought was going to happen in this show. I, I know. Like, right. Here we are. Here we are. The thing that made me laugh though, maybe it was, why was that? Maybe it, this is a, why was that decision where Andrea, Catco media, Andrea, eighth in the news cycle or whatever, was able to convince two presidents, two world leaders who are almost about to go to war with one another to extend their trip one more day for an interview. Yeah, friggin' right. I, I don't see it. I don't no. see it. No. No, this is a show about aliens who can fly. <laughs> that was more unbelievable to me. <laughs> that was a bridge too far. <laughs> that was just so, like, what? You Like, Cat Grant? I would believe. Yeah, 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 true, true. Bully them into staying, Cat Grant, whatever. I do not believe that Andrea holds that kind of sway over the world. If it were Cat Grant, there would have been some line about Cat being like, oh, well, I told the the Prime Minister Cormaltese that I would expose his mistress. You know, like there would be some throwaway line like that, some sort of cynical thing. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but Andrea, yeah, I can't, I can't quite see it. Although I, I am, they, they, they are sort of implying that national city is where like the negotiations are happening and that maybe there's like an embassy there or something. I don't know, but it does, it doesn't, it doesn't really hold water. Um, also a small thing, this probably is more of a good bit than anything, but when Andrea did get that interview, not the interview, the, uh, I guess it was a meeting with the negotiator, um, it was going to be at Noonan's, which I just think is hilarious that Kara was going yes. to meet with his negotiator at Noonan's, the coffee shop that we've seen them go to for six seasons. And that we really haven't seen it all this season. I don't think we, we haven't seen it in like three seasons. The, the set, set does not. Exist. The set is, I'm yeah. sure, long gone. But um, but yeah, <laughs> this, the idea that she was going to meet this very important, uh, uh, you know, person in the Kaznian government. Or Corte Maltese government for uh, for coffee at Noonan's and have this interview in like a public well, place. Negotiator, so I don't think they were. It was the the gov- I don't think it was government for of either of them, right? It would have been the UN ambassador. Oh, I suppose. Somebody, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way, they were going to have an important conversation in a very public place, and that just took them. I thought that was funny. Totally, totally. Um, Frank, this was a great conversation. Why don't you tell us where the people can find us so we can talk about the trailer and maybe some spoilers. Yeah, sounds good. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you don't want to hear uh, what's happening next week, hear the trailer and all that jazz, uh, then this is where we leave you. Thank you for listening. You can send us your thoughts uh, on the season so far and where it might the ending might be going. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com or at TV Supergirl on Twitter. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts primarily but also you know overcast spotify stitcher amazon google um anywhere podcasts are found you, you can find us there you can hit up our website uh supergirltvtalk.com for the show notes and uh, all that kind of stuff if you don't already find it in your in your podcast app uh and we're part of the thought bubble audio network so uh you can find other shows uh from us at thoughtbubbleaudio.com and you can support us at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio if you want to uh throw us uh, a couple bucks maybe a dollar a month or so to uh to help keep the lights on and help the shows keep going uh supergirl tv talk will be winding down at the end of the series but the other shows in the thoughtful audio network continue on so um if you want to support us that would be a huge help um i think those are the uh i think those are those are the plugs so why don't we take a listen to the audio from uh from this week's trailer next week's trailer
And that's the trailer for next week's episode, I believe, in a thing called Love. Uh, Season 6, episode 17, the description reads, uh, Lex returns. When Lex Luthor appears by Nixley's side, Supergirl and the team must deal with the emotional fallout of facing their two biggest foes at the same time. Alex makes plans for the perfect proposal to Kelly, but work keeps getting in the way. Um, very, very interesting. I, I, the, the, okay. So where, where you, you have some notes here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, exclaim yeah. your, your notes. Okay. So Lex is wearing a purple suit. I love Woo! that. That's great. Um, Nick's Lee's love of my life. Otis is back. I think it's good. They're going after the love totem and it's going to backfire on Lex. Mm-hmm. I think that's really all that we're seeing. Happen yeah, I here. agree. Um, and so, but we're. You know, we we also, but we're so we're getting the fake love, the totem love with Lex and Nixley, but we're getting real love with Kelly and Alex. Yes, and I like. I'm gonna like that um, parallel quite nicely. I think that's really cool. Yeah, especially. I mean, usually these these so far these totems cause mass hysteria, right? So like maybe a lot of people are gonna be uh, feeling feeling romantic to the, the the stranger next to them or whatever. Um, I, I, I think that would be really funny to see like a crowd of people who are all like falling in love with each other or something while Absolutely. Lex is falling for Nixley and whatever else. And Otis is just confused, uh, which is, <laughs> I just love seeing that he's there at all. Um, I think that's a good fake out the, the Nixley's the love of my life. Um, it makes me wonder. So, so yes, uh, I love the, the idea of a parallel of like the fake love, the totem love, and then real love. Um, between Alex and Kelly and I, I got to think the episode will end with them with a proposal actually happening. It says work keeps getting in the way, but like, will the resolution probably be that they actually fourth to last episode? So I'm going to say yes, right? Like, I mean, they, they could hold it off another episode or two, but like not much, there's not much more time. So like. Maybe Oliver and Felicity will ruin this, uh, this wedding too. (laughs) oh man just they ruin every wedding in the in the arrowverse they just come to come and oh we're doing our vows can we just do it with you guys I'm like what no no you're dead <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you here i'm just the specter let me renew my vows <sighs> oh man yeah um i am i am so super rolling team must deal with the emotional fallout of facing their two biggest foes at the same time. Nixley and Lex. We're really going to call Nixley one of their two biggest foes. Cause no. I, I feel like rain was a worse foe. I feel like agent Liberty was a worse foe. Yeah. Yeah. Nixley is not hitting my, it's because she's powerful, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's the worst foe. It's because she has the potential to be power. I mean, because she's an imp, and she has the fifth dimensional power, but because she, she wants to put together the all stone um, and, and she has the ambition to do it, I, I guess on paper makes her more dangerous, but in practice, I don't think she's caused as much havoc as rain or agent Liberty. Nope. No, she's not anywhere close to no. as dangerous as those two and Lex and Lex definitely Lex. Yeah. Three seasons 
villains three, four, and five. Was that right then? Mm. Oh yeah, season five. Yeah, Rain was Rain was three. Mm -hmm. Agent Um, Liberty was four. Four and with Lex. With with Lex, yeah. And Lex was five. No, Lex was five along with um. Um, what are they called? The you know Earth, Wind, and Fire people. Um, (laughs) the um the witches. No. Who was the villain last season? You know, I can't oh remember his, his name right now. The guy, the bald guy with the beard and the woman who was, I just can't remember their names right now, but I can picture them like exactly. Um, the earth, wind and fire. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Ramakan. Ramakan. and Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, no, that they do not hit on the, uh, they weren't they were memorable. Not, no, they weren't memorable, but they were a threat at the time. They absolutely, yeah, they were right? a threat. So, yeah. so, um, yeah, that's that's sort of where, yeah, we, we had obsidian and all of that, um, and how they were going to use that. I, I just don't feel like Nixley has been in general, that's been sort of a, an under, ongoing thing for me. Nixley hasn't been felt like a real threat. And that's maybe partly why their reaction to like put the dome down and all that stuff feels like an overreaction and like not warranted because it feels like, yeah, Nixley's, I mean, Nixley's dangerous, but like how, who has she really hurt so far? Like, yeah, she blew up the building, but like no one was in it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, the, the most she's, if anything, like she's posed the biggest threat to Supergirl herself in terms of bodily harm. Right. But not as much to like national city or the world. Like if she gets the Allstone, that's one thing, but she hasn't yet. So, I don't know. That's just my my personal feelings on the matter. But yeah, no, I'm just not. No, she's definitely not. And it's nothing against the actress. I no, always feel like no, I, have I to think say Peter Sargent is great. I think she's a, actually a, a very compelling, like Shakespearean villain almost. But but just not. It's not about her performance. It's about like the story hasn't shown her mm-hmm. being that much of a clear and present danger to you know, the people at large. Right. Yeah. No, the super friends end up causing more harm than Nixley does to the people. Uh, yeah. They're talking this about season. a character that released a giant monster in the middle of the city. And I saw, but I saw the dome do more harm than the monster. Yep. So, yep. uh, interesting whatever. stuff. Well, we'll be back. We've only got four more episodes, buddy, four more. And that's it. 20 is, is where we is the end of the road. So, um, Hard to believe, but but here we are. So we will be back next week to talk about episode 17, I believe, in a thing called love. But until then, next time. up, up, and away.